0: Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sportsbook app. I am Mike Luke, joined by John Schuster. Arizona ends up winning by 25 tonight. Um, Shoot, the one thing about it, and you and I have watched our fair share of Arizona basketball over the years, Mm -hmm. Um, this game is always a lethargic game. I cannot remember one time that Arizona had a pre-Christmas break game, and I'm sure there are, where it... They played, you know, up to up to par. Now, granted, Arizona won by twenty five. The game was closer than that. But that's just kind of the way it is with these games right there. And a win is a win is a win at the end of the day.
1: And it's one of those things where you live in micro world. You know, I'm not it's very possible that there are a lot of other programs that are at the high level that play a team uh, of lower stature and to a large degree kind of go through the motions as well uh prelim to the uh conference slate kids when available are trying to get out of town decompress a little bit and uh yeah it's uh it it was one of those weeks where i think we pretty much anticipated how these two matchups were going to go and uh you know it's it's out of the way and arizona's got a week to practice and uh the conference slate kicks in full bore uh with asu next week and uh You know, Arizona has an opportunity to get uh, that holiday break behind it, uh, refocus a little bit, and uh, try to make a run at another Pac X crown.
0: All right, real quick, uh, ASU. I know they played yesterday. Does anybody have the score?
1: I do not. I I, I know that there are anybody's out there who do, and those anybody's will be able to find them. Oh, I can. At the moment, am not that anybody.
0: Oh, I can tell you about it. We're oh, we're gonna get to Casey Jacobson here in a second, Jervis. Um, but uh, Arizona, I will tell you, I was at the game. I was at the buffet last night, the classiest uh-huh. establishment there is in Tucson. When you think class, mm-hmm. you th- you think you the buffet. Do.
1: Especially right. when you see Mike Luke there at six a.m. every morning.
0: That's true. Which
1: is redundant was, because a.m. is morning. But nevertheless, it was
0: fifty-four to twenty-three at one point. Um, they ended up losing, I think, by thirty something. But again, not a good performance against the San Francisco oh. Dons. Man, yeah. That, so it sounds
1: like they took the holiday off early as well.
0: It certainly did. So we'll get we'll get to that in a minute. So um, for
1: instance, you know, I I know we don't do Mike the ASU post game show on a regular basis, but it's hard for me to remember just on a regular basis the game before Christmas with the powerhouse that is ASU men's basketball. Always seems to just be a little bit lethargic on that game before Christmas, and I don't know exactly what it is. So I guess the Devils have, you know, the holiday to put behind them and uh, try to move forward and see how they do in the uh, remainder of the uh, Pack X uh, campaign.
0: Well, the co- Well, yes, uh, the uh, the co- maybe they realized that hey, we're. Re- ranked 25th in the nation. What are we doing here? Um, let's get out of here. So, again, they did it. Um, again, we're all San Francisco Don fans. You did a good job right there. All right. A uh, lot of comments to get to. Um, but first uh, – this team game in and game out it was kind of a broken record, but it really is remarkable every single game what these two big men do for Arizona. Again, uh, uh, Umar Ballo tonight twenty one and uh, six, eight of eight from the field. Julius Tabelas puts up similar numbers as well. It it really is kind of a refreshing thing to know going into every single game that we're going to be talking on this post game show essentially about them combining for about 40 points and 18 rebounds.
1: Uh, uh, there. Oh, by the way, your pal Ryan Hanson, who is the color commentary, longtime uh, and very good color commentary. Very good. For, uh, uh, alongside Brian Jeffries for uh, Arizona Wildcat basketball, uh, noted toward the end of the game that uh, since he's an uber stat geek, uh, was probably watching you on PHNX constantly, constantly hyping, you know, rooks and uh Cook and Elliot and Williams and Woods and Wright and all those guys. He says, No, no, no. He goes he goes further back than that. He goes Bob Elliott, now Fleming. Last time you can uh see Arizona average numbers that are similar to what uh uh, Ballo and uh, Tabellas are putting up somewhere in the 40 and 20 range. Uh, so keep that in mind, mid-70s. You're looking at the mid-70s from a statistical standpoint uh, for Arizona at a time when, remember, that those Wildcat teams scored in the neighborhood of 110. Right. Uh, it, it, was, it was a very interesting small window of Arizona basketball that was also a lot of fun and had some very good players come through the program, including the often underrated Bob Elliott, And uh, Al Fleming was a heck of a talent as well. So the answer to that comparison to a large degree is Bob Elliott and Al Fleming. Uh, But for Arizona this year, you're looking at a group that gives you an opportunity to stabilize on the inside. And it's obviously something that a lot of other teams do not have. The Cats have advanced interior performers with the ability to score and rebound. And so when things don't necessarily go their way, when the three-point shot doesn't fall, uh, Arizona has an opportunity to stem uh, streaks going against them by doing everything they can to get the ball on the interior and maybe at the very least either getting a bucket or getting to the foul line and maybe uh, limiting some things and putting the other team in a difficult position on the inside. It's going to be that way all year long, and it is an interesting benefit that at least so far, and I suspect it will continue this way, is going to be an advantage game in and game out for the Cats. It's going to be tough for other teams to mess with.
0: All right. Have I told you about the four peaks?
1: No. Well, we've talked about two of them. And if yeah. you want to include Al Fleming and Bob Elliott, there's with four double, peaks right there. There's four peaks right there. Yes. Right. So the basketball version of the four peaks you have, the libation portion of the four peaks you have also, but not in this broadcast
0: yet. Until now. There's some great beer out there called the, called Four Peaks Brewery, the official brew of PHNX. You can go down there to Tempe, go to their watch parties. If you're going to go to their watch parties, go down there to Root Against ASU. Don't go there to Root for ASU. Or you can come here at our tap and bottle watch parties and get Four Peaks as well. Again, check uh, drink responsibly. Check out the show notes and the link in the description. Four Peaks. Four Peaks right there. And the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Here's the deal. You could throw down five dollars, just five dollars, on any NBA game money line, and you can get up to a hundred or two hundred dollars in free plays. Now you might say to yourself, "Mike, that's too good to be true." It's not too good to be true. It seems too good to be true, but it's not. Here's now check out the show notes and the link of the description. Twenty-one and up, Arizona only. If you got a gambling problem, call one eight hundred Next Step. But again, the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word. P-H-N-X. That's the deal right there. All right. Casey Jacobson is a commentator. Annoys me. I'm going to talk about this for a minute, then we'll get back to the game. He talks. I counted 11 different times in the uh, first half that he referenced his playing days. Nobody cares, Casey. Nobody cares at all. Second of all, he twice referred to Ernie Kent as one of the handful of greatest coaches in Pac-12 or a Pac-conference history.
1: Well, when maybe, I think of Ernie. maybe maybe he's like Johnny Bench who can hold the seven baseballs. So he's right. a really big hand.
0: When I think of Ernie Kent, mm-hmm. I don't think of one of the handful of best coaches in conference history. He's generally not a name that comes, you know, comes up when I think of those guys. So again, Casey Jacobson, do better out there. If you're watching the PHNX Wildcats postgame show, we need more, not less out of you. That is a mistake that our good friend Matt Muehlbach would never make. Okay. Now, getting back to the game right here, a lot of bench perform. uh, A lot of guys got in off the bench. I want to talk about Henry Vassar here for a second. Um, and you can tell Shu that he is probably about a year away from being real problems out there. He's already blocking shots. He's shooting threes now. Again, they're not necessarily going in, but he looks fairly comfortable with shooting them. He is kind of he feels like a Gonzaga type player that takes a year or two and then you realize, oh gosh, this guy's going to be a lottery pick. Now I'm not saying he's going to be a lottery pick, but there's but a lot.
1: But, but, but he's moving toward being a first round.
0: He's really impressive. Stage, right? Right? Yeah. There's a lot to work with there.
1: Do you think he can, at what level do you think he can be beneficial for Arizona's front line this year?
0: Um, I do. I think that he can be, I think that he can um, right now. He's more of a, first of all, he, he challenges a lot of shots. Um, which is because of his length, because of how he moves. Um, I think they're playing him pretty much. Uh, I think they're pretty much playing in the right. They're playing him in the uh, in the, the right, right amount of time. I think they're playing him in about the right amount of time. You got to remember too; it's not like you can go with three seven footers. I mean, if they could, the three peaks out there on the court at the same time would be amazing. I don't think you can really do that. But right now, he's been a he's getting better. Our guy Anthony Humbert. You're right about many things. You were wrong about Henry Vassar. We will continue to take your apologies and laugh at your tears. But I, I think they're using him right, though. Shu, what do you think?
1: No, I, I I don't disagree with that as well. I'm just curious uh, whether, you know, and I expect at some point during the course of this season that uh, Tabellus or Balo are going to get into foul trouble. And then if you can go to Vassar off the bench and he provides you with beneficial minutes for an extended period of time, that might be something that gets Arizona through a round or two in the tournament. Uh, It's little things like that, that you never know what's going to happen in difficult situations. And it looks like, uh, I I think you've made this statement a lot. Some other folks have talked about it as well, that there are a lot of guys on the bench on this roster who would get more playing time at other places uh, in this conference. Vesar certainly falls under that category. And uh, as he, on a daily basis continues To have to play against a guy like Tabellis, who is crafty, a guy like Ballo, who is physical, uh, and both of those guys who can run the floor, Uh, he's going to be continually pressed. And uh, if he improves, I think there's reason to believe, and certainly you can be hopeful, it's the holiday season, you can be hopeful from a Wildcat fan perspective that you don't have uh, two uh, beneficial interior players, but you ultimately have three. And that puts even extra pressure on uh, the opposition. One of the things that Vasar p- perhaps does better than Tabellus and Ballo uh, is uh, on the defensive end. You right. noted his ability to disrupt shots, and that's important. And it does make things uh, difficult on the opposition. And while there is concern with Arizona on the perimeter from a defensive standpoint overall, on the interior, generally speaking, that's not the case for obvious reasons. And the Cats, this Cat contingent also does a good job of not getting into foul trouble, generally speaking, and that's a big help too. But at some point, if it happens, you now maybe, and hopefully this happens as the season progresses, you have a third option with which you are comfortable that can give you some extra minutes here and there if you need it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Now let's talk about uh, this bench though. Uh, we talked about Henry Vesar right in there. Good stuff going on, obviously with Henry Vesar. I like Adama Ball a lot. I think you like uh, Adama Ball as well. He's the player that I like sneaking in there and getting him minutes because again, I don't know if it's this year. I don't know if it's next year, but he's going to be a player there at some point. And I think it's going to be sooner than later. He, and Kylan Boswell, along with Cedric Henderson, Henry Vesar, there's a lot to like right now.
1: Yeah, there is. Uh, my opinion of ball is very, very high.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: to the point where, and and heck, I'm happy to go out on a limb. I'm ball about it. Are you going yeah. to ball I think, out? Uh, oh, that's, oh, man. You're oh, going to ball out right well now, done, aren't you? Well done, Mike, we? Luke. Well done. Before this season concludes, at some point along the way, Adama Ball might be the p- most important person on the roster.
0: Because he's the only
1: person on this roster right now who can see the floor on a consistent uh, at the best basis that can give Arizona consistency in the running game, and he can stretch the floor as well and potentially defend reasonably well as well. His instincts, I think from a basketball standpoint, are very good. Right Mm -hmm. now, I don't think he's necessarily healthy. Uh, Tommy Lloyd made reference to him having some sort of ankle issue. I think that has hindered him this week, but what I'm hopeful for is that ball becomes this year's version of Larson, a guy who dealt with a nagging injury in the early portion of the season, got acclimated to what was expected and became significantly better right. into January, into February and became a contributor.
0: Okay. Now, what do you think about Boswell? Cause I'll be honest with you. When I watched Boswell early on, I was like, eh, he's young. It's going to take a little bit longer for him. Um, but you start seeing exactly when Tommy Lloyd said, and again, the one thing about the Tommy gun is that he's tr- he's turned out to be generally right on his predictions. And he said, I think he can be one of the best lead guards to ever play here. I mean, that's high praise because we've seen some really, really, <laughs> really good lead guards, but I like what I've seen from a defensive perspective. I think that uh, you're really starting to see some nice passing as well. And I like him out there and uh, he, I think he's getting more comfortable as well.
1: Arizona needs some physicality, and he is it. Even as young as he is, he is it. Now, I suspect that Lloyd is aware of the development aspect because he sees a lot more of them on a daily basis than we do. So I'm guessing that Boswell's impact on the program is going to be next year, the year after that, and so forth, Uh, more than it is ultimately this year. Whereas I see Ball being a guy who has a pretty significant upside in 2023? I feel like Boswell is going to be hopefully a good bench player that provides you with depth, but I don't know that he's going to be the end all, be all at that position this year. But is a guy that next year and again the year after that, assuming he stays in the program, uh, can be very helpful uh, as Arizona continues to try to churn together 30 win seasons and keep this thing going.
0: No. Yep. I beat up the Swedish pinball a little bit on this show. I want to give the Swedish pinball a little bit of credit right here. Lost high, Highway, uh, going to, you know, maybe counteract a little bit. And as, you know, again, I'll just give and take right here. You guys are certainly um certainly as smart as us. Many of you are smarter than us. So, you know, we'll put... Uh, well yes. Yeah, I, would, thanks, for,
1: I would, thanks for the backhanded compliment to all the folks who join us on the post
0: game. I would venture to say that the majority of people watching right now are actually smarter than us. So again, appreciate you. Um uh, there's a stat where and uh, where Pella Larson was responsible for taking 6 fouls. Um, in this game and against Tennessee, he was responsible for getting 10 fouls. That's a skill right there. And, you know, it's something that you can't really, again, he's not, I've never really thought that he's going to be an NBA player. He doesn't feel like that, but there's, there's a, there's some underrated qualities to him and he definitely takes a lot of fouls. That's good.
1: That, well, uh, and one of the numbers that, uh, maybe you can look into a little bit later, other folks probably will. I'm curious about Larson's plus minus. My guess is that they're better than we think. That you know, we have these conversations. We we have these conversations about Dalen Terry a lot last year. If you look, Dalen or uh, Well, that depends on uh, your terminology. Hey, uh, you know, if you happen to, I'm listen, just kidding, by, Brad. By the way, if you use uh, Tabellus as an example, uh, if you listen to the Arizona basketball broadcast, they do something before the tip off where they have the players say their name at the at at, at as the starters. And Tabellus right. is uh, obviously a starter and one of the guys. The way he pronounces his first name is different than most people pronounce his first name, so keep that in mind.
0: What do they? Uh, what does he say?
1: Well, you know, I'll let you listen.
0: Can you just and tell then, me? And,
1: and then you can listen to it yourself. And folks out there uh, who want to listen to uh, the Wildcat Radio broadcast can listen to it. But but the emphasis on syllable is in a different location. Than a lot of people have uh, uh, stated it, so take that for for what it's worth. Whether it's Dallin, whether it's Dalen, you know, uh, mm-hmm. a, a, along the way, um, you know, some pronunciations have been uh, up up in the air. And uh, with a lot of uh, foreign talent out there on Arizona's roster, I think that's uh, that aspect is going to continue. Nevertheless, um, in re- I in regards to Larson. Larson to me feels like a lesser version of Terry's final line, in that you knew that Terry was impactful. But by the end, he'd have six points and six rebounds and you know, four or five right. assists or something like that. And he'd kind of fill out the stat sheet. And, and and if you looked at it in a bubble, he wasn't the guy you talked about the most because you talked about Matherin, you talk about Coloco, and then you know, right. every once in a while you talk talked about Tabellus here and there. And Terry was the fourth or fifth guy from a scoring standpoint. And he just kind of blended in, but he helped make the team a little better. Right. Warson is a lesser version of that right now that I'm hopeful can grow into that role a little bit better and the track record with him. And again, last year there was an injury component and getting accustomed to a new team element uh, that played a role in his slow start. I'm hopeful that there's a little bit of a slow start uh, ultimately there uh, as well. And that uh, as the season moves along, he'll get acclimated into late January, February and be a lot more consistent Arizona clearly. And and to the uh, point below, Larson clearly needs to be a better three-point shooter, right? He needs to Which is he weird. Is. That's
0: the part that's kind of yeah. baffled me. I thought really that he was, I thought he would be. Again, he shot at Utah, shot forty-five percent. Yeah, I'm thinking to myself, all right, probably going to be about a forty-five percent shooter, something like that. I mean, I don't even need that, but it just like when even when he shoots, it doesn't look like he's shooting with any form of confidence.
1: Yeah, and and and, and that aspect needs to improve uh, because that is an era, an area where you know Arizona's consistency is going to uh, you know be tested. We recognize at this stage that the inside players are good for 40 and 20. Teams are going to do whatever they can to try to negate that number a little bit. And and if Arizona is not consistent from the perimeter, uh, it becomes slightly easier to do that. If Arizona has a guy or two who hits well from three-point range and Kreese has done an excellent job tonight, Ramey did pretty well for, in, in that regard, then it opens up Arizona's offense nicely, uh, whether in transition or in the half court if Larson can figure out that aspect of his game again, that it makes him a little bit more well-rounded. This is my guess, and that's all it is. Uh, is that Are you Larson suggesting spent, or are you guessing? That I'm just guessing in this. I, I would suggest to you that I'm guessing in this instance. Fair enough. That, that Larson has spent so much time trying to be a more well-rounded player that somewhere along the way he's forgotten the aspect that he did well and that's shooting from the perimeter when he was more one-dimensional earlier in his career. So hopefully the shot works itself into the equation and uh puts more pressure uh on the opposition. The other thing that concerns me about Larson is that he appears to be a mental drifter occasionally. There are points in the game exactly. where it looks like where it looks like he watches. Right. And he's kind of flat-footed and kind of gets caught into these weird moments where there's just a where a brain fart yeah yeah for lack of a better way to put it that's a perfectly legitimate way to put it and that's got to be quelled uh because that that's the type of thing that can be a confidence problem as well you know i i have faith that larson can be better but i understand in the first third of the season why fans are concerned as well
0: david this is mean this is very funny but this is also this is also mean Pella needs to ditch having Dylan Smith as his shooting coach. That is fantastic. I'm sorry. Um, Dylan Smith's better than I ever thought about being. So you know what? At the end of the day, Dylan Smith doesn't know who I am, nor does he probably care who I am. So we're just having fun right there. Um, but a couple things, though. Because our good friend, here's how here's how dedicated our crew is here. Jacob Franklin is watching not producing, but watching this as we speak. And he told me, basically, hey, dummy, switch your uh, switch your uh, camera because you were showing your ceiling for half the time. Jacob, I apologize on that. Now, I tell you Did this. Did he
1: say, hey, dummy?
0: No, because he's too he nice. Said, but he is that's nice. What he, I'm
1: sorry. Yo, I interrupted you telling that so that you could tell this. Please proceed.
0: All right. Let's just say, though, that you're thinking to yourself last second, I'd like to go root against ASU in San Francisco. You know, and but you don't know where to get tickets. And you're saying to yourself, "Ah, well, it's a lost cause. It's never a lost cause. That's where game time comes in. They can get you tickets last second for concerts, venues, you name it, they got it. Now, the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. And you'll thank us because you can get many times 60% off right there. So if you wanted to go root against ASU, and, uh, you know, back to San Francisco Dons, the last Dons, check it out right there, game time. And more furniture, morfurniture.com. Now, you look at us, you look at our setups right here, not ideal. You might think to yourself, hmm, well, what could Mike Luke do? What could John Schuster do to get better furniture in there? More furniture, that's where you go, morfurniture.com. Check it out. They redid the whole PHNX studios. Looks fantastic. morfurniture.com All right. As our guy uh, Ricky Garrett mentioned, Arizona is undefeated in uh, non-conference play. Good spot right there because obviously it was one loss to Utah. But I got to say this. This team is significantly better than I thought they were going to be this year. Again, I thought they'd be good, but I look for them to take a little bit of a step back. And sorry, everybody out there, I got a little bit of a scratchy throat, so I got a throat lozenge in there. But um, I thought they'd take a little bit of a step back. This team is every bit, this team certainly is worthy of its ranking right now. shoe. this is a top five to 10 team in the nation. And I think it's also goes to show you too, with Tommy Lloyd, that he, somewhat like Lou Olsen, he's going to mix and match his philosophy to what his roster has at home as to, you know, what they're going to accentuate and whatnot. and. That's just kind of the way it is right now. This is a very good team, and it's a much better team than I thought they were going to be.
1: I felt like Arizona's ranking at the beginning of the year, 17, was perfectly fair.
0: Mm-hmm. But doing? I
1: also felt that as the season moved along, Arizona would be seeded higher in the NCAA tournament than that ranking suggested. Uh, Seventeen puts Would you, you at suggest line, that, that five, it would be higher than it suggested? 17 puts you at the five line. No. Uh, I thought Arizona would be higher, uh, more favorable than that. Uh, I didn't know if Arizona was going to be a one. I still don't. Uh, but now it's not out of the realm of possibilities, but, but I thought they'd be more favorable than a five, maybe, maybe somewhere in that three range. Uh, I, I also felt what, what were they two or three projected in the conference? Uh, second. Second, OK, yep. which I think was about right Uh, and, and and might ultimately turn out to be that way. But I think it's hard to argue that Arizona hasn't played the best as far as uh, at least most consistently, as far as the non-conference is concerned. There's a comma splice here. However, uh, I Arizona feels to me a lot like the Olsen era teams from about 90 to 93, where they advanced faster than other teams and then as the season progressed uh as as the opposition improved a little bit got a little bit more comfortable they were able to catch up uh so it would not surprise me and and i fully expect that in this league which i think has four or five pretty good teams did you see the uh, stat
0: that the pac-12 has the most top 25 out of conference wins take that national media
1: absolutely and and, and and I think a lot of that is deserving, too. I don't think a lot of that is a fluke. I think uh, there are UCLA's, obvi- Arizona's obviously good. Whatever good is, Arizona c- provides a, a problem with its two guys on the inside that's going to be difficult to defend. Uh, UCLA is obviously very skilled at a variety of positions. They're not as tall as Arizona, but UCLA on the wings can cause Arizona some problems. Uh, And UCLA is a team that's good enough to cause a lot of teams problems as a result of how they play defense and what they do on the wings. What you try to do, you know, and then then you go down from there. I think SC is good. Utah is better than a lot of us thought. Uh, Uh And despite the setback, ASU has surprised, and I think they've got more talent than we expected. And I fully expect Oregon – to be a problem by the time we get to February, just by basis on the athletes that they throw out there. Right. Uh so, 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 so I think there's a pretty good league that can be problematic for a lot of teams. And Arizona has put itself in a position to have a very favorable seed into the NCAA tournament. My concern is that Olson teams also did the same thing and had favorable seeds in the NCAA tournament as well. Is that, a, is that a compliment?
0: Point, is that a compliment to coaching? Is that a compliment that you're able to yeah. get your guys out of the gate quicker than others? What uh, What do you attribute that yes, to?
1: Absolutely, I, I think uh, I, I think there's a lot to be said about the ability to get a team to function well quicker than other teams do. That's a great thing, uh, mm-hmm. but very often, once you get to the end of the year, the talent issue comes to the forefront, and and you know. Uh, that it's not a detriment that you're really good early. It helps you to provide a higher seating, or more favorable seating. The problem with having a more favor the good news about having a more favorable seating is that hopefully, you know the brackets open up for you this year. If if Arizona has continues down this track and has a favorable seed and wins the conference, it's going to be hard to keep them out of San Francisco and Las Vegas. Those are those are right. positive. Yeah, those at least a give you a positive opportunities to make deep tournament runs. And the more favorably seeded you are, the more opportunity there is below you in the bracket for things to blow up and maybe allow you to move along. But we've seen two teams this week who were competitive for longer than maybe fans would like. Uh, and, and even though I think you and I believe that it there was a little bit of a Christmas doldrum here. Uh, and, and, and Tommy Lloyd also was playing around with a lot of different lineups. Uh, there, that once you get into the tournament, you don't want to be in a close two fifteen 15 game. If you put yourself into that situation, well, it's kind of like you like hope the thing to be able to
0: always talk. It's kind of like the thing we would always talk about with Sean Miller, that you don't want to play close games. If you don't have to play, if you close don't
1: have games. to. And, 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 and my concern is, you know, and obviously we need to enjoy the moment. And Arizona has been an extraordinarily enjoyable team this year, but Projecting ahead, I can see Arizona having issues in the tournament as well. And, and 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 at some point this season, you start to wonder, is not having Coloco, Matherin, and Terry going to be a problem? Right. And, and the logic in that says, yes, there's a very real possibility <laughs> you know I mean? it's going to be a, a problem. Natural, It's a That's natural, a natural thing to yes. say. Now, Tabellis is better than last year. Ballo is better than last year. creesa is better than last year. Uh, they, though, uh, Ramey is a great addition guys on the bench have done a very good job. And again, Arizona is a team that has an advantage over most other teams in the country because of their inside game, but the good teams, and there are a lot of them have the same Purdue has a good inside game, Houston rebounds like their athleticism is nonsense. Uh, you know, Tennessee, Tennessee, Alabama, Arkansas, those teams are really good. Kentucky's right. really good. Kansas has the best wings in the country. So, there are there are other teams out there and Arizona's going to see these teams that have advantages. And Arizona also has an advantage and we'll see how those things play out in the tournament, but it, and and I I specifically did not mention Yukon. Yukon to me as this Ooh. season moves along, Concerns me as Baylor from a couple years ago. The team that is constantly under the radar that just pelts everybody by 15. And while we're talking about Kansas and we're talking about uh yeah. I guess Purdue or we're talking about maybe Arizona, Yukon just runs through this tournament and is a real problem. Uh so I tabled them for a moment, but obviously recognize right. that they're they're also the real deal. But again, Arizona has a has two difference makers that can cause problems for the opposition. That's what you want to bring out there. And you see how your difference makers go against other difference makers, and you see what happens.
0: Okay. We're going to talk some ASU. We're going to talk a little bit of a great question here by uh, Jose Roman. Uh, real quick on UConn. I've always felt UConn is like the most underrated college sports entity pretty much ever. I mean, you got four national championships in the past 20 years, or whatever the case may be, and they're never really mentioned. In that you know, they've got more national titles than Kansas. I mean, no, you know, you're right, you're right, it, and it, you just and never it, it, really mention them, yeah.
1: It. And not only, you know, the both basketball programs obviously, the winning women's program gets mentioned yeah. a lot, but Calhoun did a remarkable job there, and it looks like they're
0: Calhoun's you know, Olsen Olson with multiple titles,
1: that's correct. Yes. Yeah, I mean, so. uh, and 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 the other team out there, and it's kind of interesting for reasons that I don't necessarily understand is that is Villanova, I think, falls under this category as well. Uh, right. A team over the course of the last seven or eight years that just won and and right. was never really consistently discussed. Uh, so anyway, there are a lot you're right about UConn probably not getting the overall program pub uh that it deserved but it appears that they're back and like a lot of teams it's an interesting year in college basketball there there appear to be maybe a dozen teams that have a legitimate chance of winning the damn thing and i think arizona's
0: in that group let's get to uh let's get to asu here asu game coming up sat coming up uh um new year's eve by the way um Obviously, ASU was ranked number 25. They realized they were ranked 25, and they decided to play like ASU and lose by 500 at San Francisco. I will say this, though, and our good pal Jacob Franklin is probably watching, so if Jacob Franklin is, you know what? I'll give you this. ASU is definitely better this year than I thought they would be, um, but... At the end of the day, though, they're also not very big. I know you got Warren Washington. It's going to be an interesting game. I expect Arizona to win that game, but it's also not the pushover game that I thought it would be going into the season, John. Yeah,
1: and and very often, again, when you have the atmosphere in Tempe when ASU is decent. ASU is, let's be honest, rarely good. Uh, But ASU is occasionally decent. Uh, And when they're decent, there's enough hope in Tempe that Sun Devil fans come out to create a really good environment at that arena, so that game's going to be a lot of fun. That's basically going to be the New Year's party before the New Year's party. Uh, so I think I, I think Arizona's going to win too, but I can see that being a rowdy atmosphere that's going to be very enjoyable.
0: All right, now let's talk. Uh, let's talk. Jose Roman, Jose L. Roman Jr. If I'm not mistaken, if we're going to go full. He said just got home from the arena. Can you grade Tommy Tommy Gun's coaching to this point? Um, what does the adjustments look like? Tommy Gunn's an A plus. I mean, you know, he there were there's been many times where I wondered what a coach was doing, what I always feel like with Tommy Lloyd that he is just kind of a step ahead. And I you mentioned the point, and my mom really liked your point the other day. She likes many points of John Schusters, but the point where he's talking with the official. And about how it always just seems like there's a give and take where he's trying to, you know, get a call. But he's also not trying to annoy the official to where the official is going to take give a, a call against him. I only say that so that I say that it always seems like Tommy Lloyd's got kind of an overarching plan. And so far, he's hit pretty much every button correctly since he's been at Arizona.
1: There are also long-term elements throughout the course of the year. And I think we saw... We've seen a little bit of that this week. Uh, You knew on the schedule that uh, Arizona was better than Montana State, who's good, and Arizona Mm -hmm. was better than Morgan State, who's good. Uh, But the Wildcats were probably going to have opportunities at home to mix and match lineups, and you like giving your bench additional playing time when the opportunity presents itself. You like to see them in game situations to uh, succeed or fail. And one of the good things I think about Arizona's style, a style that often allows uh, the Wildcats to have 15, 20, 25 point leads uh, is that it gives you an opportunity not in junk time to play your bench more. And, And Lloyd has not had a problem doing that. And I think it's the type of thing that provides a benefit throughout the course of the year. In terms of what he recognizes his team needs to work on, I think that's a positive thing. I think he also understands where Arizona's strength is. Right. Uh, there, there's a certain worldly Zen about his approach to basketball as well that I think um, is beneficial to this program, and I think is going to be uh, is going to represent the university well throughout the course of his hopefully very lengthy tenure here. So I feel like a, he he's done a, a a lot of things well. Again, you know, I I look at a team that doesn't have. I look at a team that has had a lot of guys who have improved from year to year in just the two or year and a half that he's been here. That development is a big deal. No doubt. It's a no big doubt. deal throughout the course of building a program, not just dealing with a season. But in the here and now, or rather two or three months from now, I'll admit to you, I worry that Matherin's not on this roster, that Terry's not on this roster, and Cloak not second. on this roster. Wait a second.
0: You're telling me that you're worried that the, the presumed NBA rookie of the year is not on the Arizona roster. You don't think that's a good thing?
1: So, uh, well, it is what it is. Actually, it is a good thing. I mean, it's a good thing that Arizona has a guy who might be the presumed rookie of the year in the NBA because right. that bodes well for Arizona from a recruiting standpoint. And I know you're joshing, Mike Luke. Right. I understand the Joshification that you are uh, bringing to that query. Uh, yes, do I state the obvious? Yes, but nevertheless, there are now a lot. You you look at where Arizona is this year from a record standpoint versus where Arizona was last year from a record standpoint, and you can favorably argue that Arizona's better now than it was last year. Right. But they had a lot of talent that left the roster too, and that's right. the type of thing that has potential to catch up to you.
0: All right, our good pal Jake Fisher right here, one of the best players, one of the best linebackers to ever come out of the city. If you claim Oral Valley, fair enough, I do. But um uh he says one through six, we are awesome. I think uh Boswell and Vasar are going to be better seventh and eighth guys off the bench. Totally agree with that. We talked about that a little bit uh, early on in the show. I'm very intrigued about what this bench can continue to provide here because it doesn't feel it feels like Boswell, it feels like Vasar. And um, Ball are guys that continue to get better. There's been a lot of times over the years where you've had bench players. You're, you're Daniel Dillons of the world who will come in there and he tries hard. You're Dylan Smiths of the world. You try hard, but they just kind of are what they are. They're going to be the same guy in game one that they're going to be at the end of the season. Boswell, Vasar and Ball feel like they've got the ability to continue to progress, continue to get better, and that they can be cornerstones moving forward right now
1: and i think vasar is very important in that dynamic for another reason uh ballo played 14 minutes a game last year and is averaging 27 minutes a game this year right occasionally he's going to need to play 30 to 35 right as 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 this season when, when you get into the grinder games in january and early february and so forth Ballo may need a little bit more of a rest. I would not be surprised if he hits a little bit of a wall. And if you can go to a guy like Vasar and give him eight minutes, 10 minutes, 12 minutes to try to stretch that out a little bit, because you know, you're going to need Ballo in back-to-back games in the NCAA tournament that are two days apart. And he's going to have to play 33 minutes in one game and 35 in the next uh, for Arizona to move through the tourney. So he needs to be fresh to be able to do that. And, Vasar is important to, to be able to be competent enough to level his minutes down. So if you get games where Ballo plays 23 minutes, great every now and right. again throughout the course of the year, I think that becomes a very helpful thing that allows to stretch this out a little bit. He's very important on the front line because it's clear at this stage that he's going to get more minutes than Anderson is. Uh, so that's, you know, that, that's just the way it is. He's more advanced right now and it looks like he can help. Uh, right. But you, we, I think we're going to see a fair amount of games where he gets more minutes than – it might surprise us the number of minutes he gets. While I think – while, while I, I disagree with Jake a little bit, or I'm hopeful in my disagreement with Jake a little bit, that ball is very instrumental to Arizona before it's all said and done this season. Um, to me, as far as just buying minutes, especially with big guys, uh, Vesar becomes very important.
0: Okay. Now I think Rich Carrillo makes a great point here. He says, Mike, I can't recall if U of A has faced a, ten- a tenacious zone this year. Have you seen one yet? Soon opponents are simply going to pack it inside and make them win from the outside. It's an interesting, it's an interesting question here, and it's an interesting point because the really good teams, I think, against Arizona are still going to try to pressure the guards. I mean, that's what that's what I would do. But against Tennessee, Arizona more than handled it, and Tennessee didn't even really try to start pressuring it at some point because it just wasn't working. If you're if I'm playing Arizona, I start looking more and more at possibly playing some kind of zone because if I'm going man you're gonna get beat up on the board. Not saying that you won't on the zone because at the same time, as everyone knows, it's harder to box out of a zone because you've got to find a space as opposed to a person. But I think you're probably gonna see more zone. I would that's that's certainly something that I would look at if I was playing Arizona. Uh,
1: the Utah model, I think, is gonna be more the model that the teams play. They're gonna, and Montana State did this a couple nights ago as well, with reasonable success for a while. Uh, you're gonna play off to Bellas when he's on the outside. Make Tabellas beat you with a with with a 20 footer or a 15 footer. Uh, and because once he gets into the paint then, you know, it's 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 definitely a problem. I'm a I you need to be and there are teams out there that can certainly do this. And I agree with your pressuring of the guards to make it more difficult to try to pass inside aspect. But I'm not convinced a zone works very well against Arizona because the cats in the half court just pass the ball too well. That's I a good think, point. And I like think-
0: you said too, you said before the season or actually you said actually last year, because again, you've admired Gonzaga from afar for many years, and you said Arizona, or the thing with Gonzaga that makes them so effective is that they use every corner, they use every foot in that half-court setting right there. They don't, you know, they spread things out right there, whereas Arizona with the passing ability, it's much the same thing where it's more difficult if you've got five guys out there that are using the entire court and passing the ball like that.
1: I think there's a chance that Arizona can make zones look silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and i'm sure that they have practiced it uh, to a large degree uh in you know behind the scenes when we aren't uh, able to see it but i their their ball movement i think is too good it's good it, it's too good from all five spots on the floor there isn't a there isn't a black hole on this team ballo pass as well tobella pass as well the perimeter guys move the ball around there's a good unselfishness on this team that can cause a lot of problems for zones so i expect arizona I, the thing that I expect to see from Arizona is teams, as you noted, trying to put pressure on the guards to make it more difficult to get those interior passes in there. And teams are going to play off of Tabellas as much as possible because they, they don't – the way to negate his – deficiency right now is to make him beat you from the perimeter because if he gets consistently on the inside he's clearly a problem and the compliment with ballo being there obviously makes things very difficult
0: and you know when arizona has that going they're just tough to stop all right everybody out there uh, oh chad mcdonald's coming in late chad what we're, we're talking about ballo this entire time and you're coming in you're talking about philly b It's all right. He'll be a boss. Buy stock right now. We're also going to buy stock in Chad McDonald's. All right, guys. Everyone out there, really, really appreciate you, as always. Um, You're the ones that make the show right here. Fantastic interaction, as always. Arizona is undefeated in its out-of-conference schedule. Now they get a little bit of time to relax before heading up to Tempe on New Year's Eve, hopefully smacking ASU around San Francisco, Dawn style. But for the real Dawn, John Schuster, I am Mike Luke, and you've been listening to the AZ Wildcats post game. You all have, I'll be back with you tomorrow, but you all have a great holiday. Can't thank you enough for all your support. It means the world. We will talk with you soon.